You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. What I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome in. It is our Monday edition and live from AVX Audio Video Excellence. And again, our uh, guy coming up, uh, Nick Saban's presser. Happy birthday to him on Halloween and uh, celebrating, I think, what is it now, 71 uh, for Nick Saban. So uh, a lot uh, to get into today. Brian Hartson, the big story just a few minutes ago, reports coming out. Brandon Marcello tweeted out, who we've had on our show many times, that Auburn has fired Coach Harson. So uh, we'll continue to report on that story as it builds up and also await uh, Coach Saban coming to the podium and uh, get a chance to hear from him after the bye week tennessee now after the bye week is sitting at number two in the country in the ap and coaches poll so a lot to uh, to dive in there as well and uh, other storylines from this past weekend as alabama gets ready for a traveling to lsu to play place uh, the lsu tigers we're presented by top golf of birmingham get out the top golf today you'll absolutely love it friends family co-workers and uh, all the things that they've got the ambiance as well as uh, just uh, we caught the bowling of this generation. So a lot of fun out of Top Golf for Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street, Osborne, Anderson, Gosey, Tony Russell, and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. 
Guys, good afternoon as we await uh, Coach Saban. And uh, a lot of times, uh, sometimes these run a little bit later in these bi- after the bye weeks. And How's everybody uh, today. All right, Saban is up. Good. Let's go. So we had a good work week last week. Um, you know, really tried to emphasize with the players, you know, what are you going to attach yourself to for the upcoming challenges for the rest of the season? Uh, great time to do a little, you know, self-assessment of what we need to do to get a little more consistent execution, whether it's individual players, uh, systematically on offense, defense, special teams. So we really need to come together as a team versus good opponent. And that's obviously going to be really important for this game versus LSU, who right now is probably playing as well as anybody in the country. Um, you know, they're very well coached. Uh, this game has always got, you know, significant uh, implications. Uh, they're always ranked. We're always ranked. So it's a kind of a rivalry game that um, is always a really important matchup. You know, Brian Kelly has done an outstanding job there, uh, bringing this team along and proving each week. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels is one of the most productive quarterbacks in the country with his ability to run the ball. Uh, rush the ball, a very effective, efficient passer. Uh, they've got really good running backs. Um, got a whole core of receivers who have 20 or more catches um, that all do a good job in terms of um, getting open, uh, catching the ball, run after catch, a uh, very good systematic scheme on offense. Their defense is allowing like 21 points a game, which is – you know, one of the tops in the country. They're aggressive. They got good rushers. They're athletic. They've got good cover guys in the secondary and they've got good skill guys, um, on special teams. Their specialists are very, very good. So, um, very challenging game all the way around for us. And we're going to have to do a great job of paying attention to detail, preparing for the game so that we can get more consistent execution and play for 60 minutes in a game. In that self-assessment, what was your diagnosis for the inconsistencies within your running game? Well, it's obviously wasn't very good in the last game. Uh, needs to improve, uh, and I think there's a couple things. You know, we we have to have a little more diversity in what we're doing, as well as being able to execute it a little better on a more consistent basis. Is there anything new on availability for DJ Dale or or Jaheim Otis? Yeah, I think both guys are going to start back to practice this week. We'll kind of um, you know, determine how they do during the course of the week and what their availability will be when the game comes. Charlie, uh, With Eli Riggs, what kind of progress did he make leading up to that Mississippi State game? And do you think he maybe gained confidence from, from what he was able to do in that game? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, fundamentally, we worked really hard to get Eli to understand the expectation for what we want him to do, to have a good understanding of the scheme of how we're playing and what we're playing. And I think he's developed confidence, you know, throughout the season as he's learned more uh, and gotten more comfortable. And I think uh, he played well in the last game, so hopefully he can build on that. But I think it's important that he just, you know, goes into this game and bees himself and doesn't think he has to do something fantastic just because he's playing against the team he used to play for. I think that's always important psychologically to guys to be able to focus on what's in front of them and, you know, do their job well. What are some of the characteristics that Brian brought over from Notre Dame and what was so challenging about some of those Notre Dame teams you played? 
Well, they're always very well coached. They're always physical. This will be a physical game. Um, they always have balance on offense. They're going to run the ball. Got a very good throwing scheme. Uh, utilize the personnel that they have, um, you know, very, very well. And, you know, they've historically played really well on defense and special teams. So, uh, it's typical of what a, a well coached team, you know, usually does. And, um, they, they've gotten to the point where, and all of his teams have been this way. They don't beat themselves. You know, you, you, you got to execute and beat them. And I think that's got to be the focus, you know, for our team. How would you evaluate uh, the way your defense has defended uh, quarterbacks who can pass and run well? Um, well, you know, I, I think that um, it's very challenging to play against quarterbacks who, you know, are dual threat type of guys. Um, and this is obviously going to be a big challenge for us. And I, I think that it's something that the emphasis has to be on all 11 guys really doing what they need to do, whether it's pass rush lanes, whether it's how you cover people, uh, keeping contained in the quarterback, kind of keep it, trying to keep him in the pocket. Um, even when he steps up, you can retrace the rush. So, you know, there's a lot of elements to doing this that you just can't rush and think you're going to go get a sack and get pushed by the quarterback, and then he's going to end up having lanes to run in. So all these things have got to be real points of emphasis for us all week long so that, you know, we have a chance to contain a guy that's a very good passer, but he's also can be two with his feet. How much do you enjoy the stage and the atmosphere of playing at Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night? Well, it's a great, you know, they got a great tradition there. They got a great atmosphere. Um, you know, it's always challenging to play on the road, you know, in this league, anywhere you play. And obviously this is one of the more challenging places. So, um, all the more reason to have great focus and attention to detail. And, you know, we, we, we can't beat ourselves. You know, we got to be able to have enough poise to be able to execute in this kind of environment not let it affect us in terms of how we go about one play at a time and how we want to execute and get things done. What makes your, what, what makes your defense so challenging for defensive backs to kind of pick up? And then uh, from Eli Ricks' standpoint, how much from a mental progression have you seen since he joined the team in December? Um, well, I've talked about how he progressed through the course of the year. Um, I, I don't really think that our defense is – you know, that complicated to pick up. Um, but I think it's a challenge for any new player coming in to learn any new system. Um, so, you know, we play zone, we play man, we play pattern match man, which is what most people play. So, um, I, I don't, I don't see why it is more difficult. Um, you know, every player sort of develops at his own pace. And, you know, sometimes when guys have played in other systems, they, sort of got to recalibrate what they already know to what they're, you know, trying to learn. So um, that can be a challenge for some players as well. I know you talked about how the team got in good work last week, but how do you think it helps the team with having a weekend of not having a game to get a chance to kind of renew that spirit for the last stretch of the season? Well, you never know how a bye week is going to affect the team. Uh, hopefully um, – Gave us a chance to get some guys healthy. I think psychologically it gives you a chance to sort of recalibrate a little bit, uh, get a little break. Um, but it's still going to come down to what I said earlier about, 
Now, what are you attaching yourself to? That means what's going into your head. You know, are you thinking about the internet, what other people think? Are you thinking about, you know, self-gratification you get from being productive and doing a good job? I mean, so the focus is so important, I think, regardless of whether you're coming off a bye week or you're playing week in and week out, to be able to sustain that, recapture it, regain it, momentum, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's important to do in a game. It's important to do in the season. And it's important to do when you come off a bye week. You talked about how LSU's playing as well as anyone right now. Is it a little impressive to see how their players have kind of adjusted to a new season? Is that mic not working or? I'm sorry. How about now? Can you hear me better now? Oh, that's better. Okay, cool. <laughs> you talked about LSU playing as well as anyone right now. Is it kind of impressive to see how quickly their players have adjusted to that new system under Brian Kelly so quickly? Well, I think when, you know, good coaching is good teaching. And I think when you have good teaching, players, you know, do adapt and they do improve and they do adjust. And, you know, the team's playing with, you know, a lot more discipline uh, and they're, you know, really focused on what they have to do. I think they believe in each other and uh, I think they believe and trust in the coaching staff that they have, and that's that's why they made the progress that they made. All right, thank you. Mike, that's Coach Saban and his Monday presser talking about the week off and uh, some of the self-assessment they did, LSU playing well. Talked about it being a rivalry game. Also talked about Jaden Daniels and the performances he's had for LSU and their defense only allowing 21 points per game. So a lot to dive into. Let's first go to uh, Matt and Lars. You guys, hope you guys are doing well uh, on this uh, Monday uh, edition. And, uh, man, off to a, a good start uh, with the bye week coming up. We got Mick Gillespie kind of at the bottom of the hour, but I hope you guys are doing well. We're great. Yeah, great. had a had a really wonderful sports weekend, and um, certainly the the story of the day is Brian Harson being fired. Surprised that Nick Saban wasn't asked about it at his press conference. Also surprised that nobody wished him happy birthday. But yeah. uh, happy birthday, Coach Saban! Uh, happy seventy one, and uh, let's really dig into the Brian Harson decision and uh, what the fallout is going to be, and what others are already saying across the country, Jay. Yeah, and the new AD looks like it could be hired as well from Mississippi State. All right, a lot to dive into coming up on the other side. Stay with us. The Monday edition, we're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Hey, are you sick and tired of living with that constant pain in your knees and back? You know, joint pain doesn't just keep you from doing what you love. It affects your job, your relationships, even simple things like... Galusa weather. The sky becoming partially sunny this afternoon. A small chance of a shower through the evening hours. The high today, 73. Tonight's low, 52. For tomorrow and Wednesday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine both days. Highs between 73 and 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in, and I guess you could say bye-bye to uh, Brian Harson, the head coach, uh, now former head coach of the Auburn Tigers, fired today after he finished 9-12 and overall, 4-9 and in SEC play 
after taking over for Gus Malzahn. He was fired uh, after the Tigers fell two games below 500-3-5 and five on the season following Saturday's loss to Arkansas, 41-27. to I don't think any surprises here. And, um, and and I think, you know, Lars, you and I go back a couple of years ago where we were talking about the, the hiring of Harson early on, some of his press conferences that were not very impressive. And uh, both of us thought, man, this could be a really – Long road for him, and not so sure this is going to be the best fit for Auburn, even though he was an outsider. Some thought that might be a good thing, but uh, it just has not worked out. They got a new AD on the way from Mississippi State as well. But uh, your guys' thoughts about uh, Harson? I mean, not a surprise, I don't think. Everybody just kind of wondered when it might happen. Yeah, he was tone deaf from the very, very beginning. I go back to his sort of opening statement at his first SEC media days, and instead of addressing sort of what the future is going to look like at Auburn, it was a 20-minute love letter, essentially, to Boise State. And what a great program Boise State was. And, I mean, that was the moment, Jay, when I I think we even may have watched that together, um, that – I thought, oh, my gosh, this guy does not understand the culture of SEC football. And then, you know, he doesn't even make it two full seasons, which makes him the program's shortest tenured head coach in, oh, the last 93 years. Uh, Matt, worst hire in Auburn history as a football coach? Yeah, but I'm not putting it all on him. I mean, a lot of this falls back on Auburn, the way they've treated this since, what, the spring when he was in Mexico, um, I, I have one major thought, and mercifully it's over. Yeah, I mean, for everybody involved, from him, his family, his children, the players, I mean, they're, they're leaving. They're jumping ship in the middle of last week. I mean, they went into Arkansas unmanned in many ways. Um, Speaking of Arkansas, the Arkansas game, I, I should say. Yeah, but, okay, I know you watched that game very closely. You were born in Arkansas. What did you see out of the effort level of the Auburn players? Uh, it was there for a while, but then it seemed at points it just dissipated. And it didn't look like their heart was in it. And you know what? You're supposed to get out there and try your butt off every time. But everything's swirling around their heads. You know, you blame them maybe for a lack of effort, but then you can certainly explain why. And it just did not work out. You guys were talking about from the very get-go when he came from Boise. And then he blew the stuff up about the vaccination stuff. And he didn't recruit well. And uh, how do you recruit in this situation right now anyway? It's just unbelievable. Jay, Jay, he he seemed to do the opposite of what Nick Saban was doing. And that, generally speaking, is not a good thing when it not came. Generally, I mean, I mean, Jay, I mean, yeah, just the the PSA that, that Coach Saban did for the vaccinations, and then and then uh, Harson was so secretive about it. And and Jay, by the way, he's owed about uh, fifteen point nine seven million, uh, which is seventy percent of his remaining contract, and he gets half of that within thirty days. So he's going to get eight million dollars within the next thirty days. And uh, he's going to get every single penny that Auburn owes him because the buyout cannot be offset by him taking a job at another school. And, Jay, he finished with a record of 9-12. and 12, Fewest wins by an Auburn coach since Earl Brown. I'm sure you remember his uh, coach. 48-50. 48-50. Yeah, 3-22-4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Jay, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. Is this the worst hire in Auburn football history? It is in my lifetime, and um, you know, just not only the record, just that it was just in disarray the whole time, 
and anybody we talked to that was close to the program was kind of mixed messaging of, yeah, I like him. Other ones were like, well, I don't know. I really haven't had a chance to get to know him. And just, and again, he was only there for a year and a half, almost, or almost right at two years. And it just takes time to build inside the program uh, with a guy that's from outside the program, like Harson. And he just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the press, uh, the Auburn family. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm not saying that they don't, they don't treat their family very well uh, at Auburn. And we've seen that over the last, uh, what, 30, 40, 50 years, uh, the way that they've done other coaches that have been there and, and guys who may have been perceived as outsiders. But, uh, but I agree with Matt. I mean, hey, it's over with. It's good for his family. It's good for the players. Probably good for the team and the organization uh, to finally just kind of say, look, you know, we, we got to step away from this after it's been such a, a struggle. They just didn't need to go any further. Uh, cut ties and move forward. Now, I haven't seen. Have you guys seen any kind of interim announcement as far as who will be the interim head coach? Well, it's funny because uh, Lars and I were just discussing that during the break because we haven't seen anything. Now, in all the reports that we've seen leading up to this, when it's expected that Harson was going to be dismissed, that Zach Etheridge, who's a secondary coach and associate head coach, was going to be named. You would kind of figure that would come out with the first release so that they it at least give yeah, some, 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 some stableness in that area and the players know. Now, maybe they do know. Maybe it's just not been released well, you, publicly. You also have to wonder, are any of Harson's guys going to leave with him right now? You know, out of loyalty to Harson. Um, and, 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 Jay, the, there was an interesting story on CBS Sports just a few days ago uh, talking to uh, Bo Nix. And Bo Nix said, look, last year I was just over it said every week there was just something else with with coach Harson and uh he said that I just there was nothing more I could do about it I just remember kind of being miserable football wasn't fun anymore and then it was uh it's been described that uh that it's just really intense at Auburn under Harson and and tense intense and tense and, you know, he's not the most warm and fuzzy guy in the world, but that doesn't mean you can't be a great football coach. Um, yeah, Jay, I, I just think it was a, a bad fit from the very start. Yeah, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm sure right now Bo Nix is, is uh, as happy as can be how he's performed and how what Oregon's doing out yeah. there and not having to be a part of the mess that's happening at, at Auburn right now. Auburn now also, as we talked about, looking for as far as the leadership uh, roles – uh, on, on their team and uh, everything that's going into all that right now, uh, you know, you, you you wonder kind of just everything that with John Cohen, the AD at Mississippi State, looks like uh, they're in the process of hiring him as their new AD. That that should be uh, all put in place. Um, and and I don't, to be honest, know that much about John Cohen. I, I think uh, I remember him uh, coaching at Kentucky. I think it was baseball um, and some other. I think he was an assistant. Uh, for a while there uh, in Mississippi State or something, but I, I know that, or maybe in Florida actually. Um, and but, do you guys know much about John Cohen at all? I really don't. I'm, I'm googling him as, as we speak. I think just kind of looking from the um, from the high view of irony, that's who uh, that's who Auburn plays this week. They go yeah. to Mississippi State, and they now have their AD. I read this morning that the the decision was made. Mississippi State has already said he is no longer our AD as of Monday morning, as in this morning. So was he the guy that pulled the trigger? Uh, 
It's, yeah, it's possible. Did the president um, take care of this and then move in the AD? Yeah, I mean, so Cohen is in his seventh year as the AD at Mississippi State, or was. So that means and, he hired uh, he hired the pirate. Yes. Yeah. I would, I would I would classify that as a good hire, um, and uh, it, it is pretty rare for ads to move in conference. We did see it with Ross Bjork going from Ole Miss to Texas A and M, and now we're going to see it again here with John Cohen. and And right away, Cohen is uh, he is in charge of uh, trying to make the most important decision of his life uh, because he he will forever be tied to this next coach. And um, so, you know, I, I'm sure they already have a list of names, and um, there's going to be a pretty intensive coaching search here, Matt. It's yeah, and, and he's a native to, of uh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that was just getting right to say. He's uh, yeah. from Tuscaloosa, played baseball at Birmingham Southern, then at Mississippi State, and then he moved from the athletics part of college football or college to the football and the basketball and the baseball side. So we'll see how he does. It's not an enviable position for him or the coach. And I guess we'll soon find out who the interim is. Hi, Mick Gillespie coming up next from Bama Insider on three. We'll talk about the Crimson Tide getting ready for the LSU Tigers. Stay with us. We'll be back. listening to the jay barker show live from the avx studios in downtown birmingham one in seven men will face prostate cancer nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the u.s traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence but now there's a new option high intensity focused ultrasound or high food Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX Technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Trouble ahead, trouble behind. And know that no right, welcome back in. Let's get right to him from Bama Insider Hall 3. Mick Gillespie joins us each and every Monday at this time right after Coach Saban's press conference and a little bit of take from us from the weekend. But Mick, first of all, Welcome in. I hope you had a great weekend. I want to start with Coach Harson and uh, kind of get your thoughts. That's the big story right now, not only across our state, but across college football. Yeah, happy Halloween, guys. Uh, look, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, it was coming. Uh, we just didn't know when it was coming. Auburn, not a great game against Arkansas on Saturday. But, you know, the the problem that, that Brian Harson ran into, and I, I said it from the beginning, I think he's a good coach. Um, but he just didn't understand the culture that we have here in the South compared to what they had at Boise. Um, it, it just didn't work at Auburn. You know, they, they had too many players transfer. And if you remember when Nick Saban took over at Alabama, uh, it wasn't like there was a mass exodus. He didn't come in and force guys out. You know, he, he just tried to work with what he had, which was really smart. He tried to win games quickly. Uh, eventually, they, you know, they built the roster around guys. Who, uh, who, who bought into the system, you know, like our friends Mike Johnson and Baron Huber and those guys, uh, John Parker Wilson. And then there were, you know, guys that, you know, they went out and recruited and, and they just kept getting better and better with Auburn. When you have Bo Nix leave, that really is kind of a red herring that you got big, big problems there. And uh, today was the day that with John Cohen coming over, the Northport native, former state baseball player, A.D., 
that, um, you know what, the next move's getting ready your head coach, and that's what they did. Yeah, and uh, Mick, I give you credit. You called this before the season. You said he would not be around uh, come the Iron Bowl, and you were 100% correct. And, you know, in talking to people at Auburn, I think they universally agree he's a really, really good football coach, but he lacks sort of just, uh, interpersonal people skills to really flourish off the field and connect with the players off the field and do the recruiting off the field. And, and uh, also, you know, I've heard from several sources that when he first got the job, he uh, didn't reach out to the high school coaches in the state. I mean, if I was Harson, I would have hopped in a car and just traveled around the state, right? Or had my driver uh, drive me around the state and uh, just go and visit and show up and and start to formulate and cultivate relationships. But for whatever, whatever reason, he, he just didn't do that. And now uh, I, I asked both the guys this, Mick. Um, could, would you characterize Brian Harson as the worst hire in the history of Auburn football? Oof, man, that's that's kind of high up there. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know enough about Auburn to know if this was the worst hire that they ever had. I think the worst firing they ever did was getting rid of Gus Malzahn who was a good coach and had the program in a spot where they contended for national championships every three years, and they beat Alabama on a regular basis. Uh, they were inconsistent. But you know, I think the biggest problem that Auburn has is that they've got this Alabama envy, you know, that, that they think that everything that Alabama does, that they're supposed to do as good or better. And, and that's just not how it goes. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, they're, they're a good program. Some years they're great uh, on the football field. But they're not Alabama. They're not. They're just not. And they're, you know, they, they're they're equivalent to me of a Georgia. You know, most of the time, uh, Tennessee. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But the, you know, there's like five schools in, in the country that are Alabama. You know, esque, right? And and uh, if they would have just left Gus Malzahn alone, you know, the, the, I think that the program would have been in much better shape than it is right now. But I. I don't know that Brian Harson's the worst hire ever because I honestly like the guy had people working against him behind the scenes from the minute that he got there. It, it, you know, he didn't, he wasn't the type of hire that had everyone on the same page. And Auburn has a problem that Alabama does have. And that's that a lot of the boosters and alumni uh, and some of the athletic department works against the school sometimes. If it's not what they want, everybody wants to be the big shot. You know, when Nick Saban came to town, the best thing that he did was he eliminated a lot of those voices and got them out of the way. We saw it over the summertime that uh, Brian Harson had his own people trying to cut his legs off. It was almost like Game of Thrones over there, you know, and today they got the king. Usually an announcement like this includes an interim coach kind of surprised that that's not the case you take care to take a shot at the answer to that and what kind of <laughs> mess he's going to inherit yeah who wants that job matt i mean you know uh the, the result's going to be the same whether you and i do it or somebody on the staff does it there, there's no upsets in the future of this auburn team they're just not good enough 
and uh, no matter who takes the job, and I'm sure they'll throw the, that title on someone, um, it's not going to matter, you know. So, I mean, at least you get the opportunity to play in the Iron Bowl, coach the Iron Bowl. Uh, but it, Auburn just doesn't have the horses to be able to contend. And you're, I mean, I don't know who they're going to name. And honestly, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the season, when they lose to Alabama, uh, they're going to clean house. Miguelessi Bama, Sider on three, joining us. He does each and every Monday. All right, looking ahead, Alabama and LSU coming up this weekend. Uh, Coach Saban, a lot of praise for Brian Kelly, LSU, how they're playing, how well coached they are. And uh, during the off week, saying, look, we went through a lot of, as we know, a personal scouting or assessment, trying to figure out what they do best, what they can get better at. He talked about diversity on offense. But just kind of give us your, your early take here on a Monday of the game coming up this weekend against the LSU Tigers. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to the end. I think this is a dangerous game for Alabama. Uh, LSU played Alabama tough last year when they weren't that good. They're getting better and better each week. Alabama's had their struggles on the road. Uh, you know, Bryce Young will be healthy for the first time in a while, but uh, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see if Alabama's ready to turn the corner. And I just think that LSU is going to be uh, – going to be amped and that stadium is going to be loud and if Alabama plays one of those games where they go in and 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 just kind of dick around it they, they have a chance to lose I don't think they will but it, it could be one of those you know last second miracle type games if Alabama goes in there and takes care of business runs the football protects the ball and, and does what they can do they're better than LSU and they, they should win this game by a couple touchdowns at least Mick, uh, just this last weekend, Tennessee incredibly impressive, beating Kentucky forty-four to six. Is Tennessee the best team in the country right now? If you had a vote, I, I'm not sure if you do uh, in the AP poll, but if you did, uh, would you put Tennessee number one? I think I would. Well, I mean, like the problem is, you know, we we we've got Georgia at number one because. They won the national championship, and then they slid down when they struggled against Missouri, and then they're back up there. I, honestly, look, I think Tennessee might be the best team in the country, but Georgia won the championship last year. I know that's last year's team. They haven't lost yet. Um, I'd probably go Georgia one and Tennessee a close two, you know, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens on Saturday. But no one has a better win than Tennessee. And uh, I don't think anyone's playing with more confidence right now than uh, that offense Tennessee has. But this week against Kentucky, it was amazing watching them play some defense as well. They were physical and uh, they're attacking, and they can they can really be confident to you know on defense and take risks because they know their offense is going to make up for it. So um, you know, as bad and as maligned as their defense has been this year. Um, I don't know. Look, they don't, they're not supposed to have the talent to be compared to Joe Burrow and LSU in 2019. But all of a sudden, this game on Saturday, they win this one. And uh, not only are they the number one team in the country, I mean, they're the favorite to win the national championship. Which is just bizarre. I knew they were going to be a lot better. But uh, that game, by the way, is 2.30 CBS this Saturday afternoon. You dare, care to kind of Take your predictions out here, and what's going to happen in Athens? Man, I don't know yet. Look, I, I I keep watching Georgia, and I'm not that impressed. But they they win, they take care of business. I don't think their defense is as good. I 
you know, I, I love the fact that they used all these tight ends, but I think you have to have wide receivers to win games uh, and not just, a, you know, two or three tight ends. Um, you know, I, I like Stetson Bennett, and I guess just the, the reason I like him is because, you know, he's had to work so hard to get that job, but I don't think that he's got a whole lot of talent. I think he just fits their system. And Hendon Hooker, the way that he's throwing the football right now, it's not only that he throws all these bombs that and the guys are wide open, but they throw they just work so fast. Um, I just don't know how you're going to slow him down. And I thought that this week that it would be Kentucky and, and Mark Stoops and that they would draw up these game plans and working with his brother, that this was going to be the week that someone showed us how to slow him down. And all I saw was a 44-6 to six game that could have been 60-6, to 70-6. to six. Like, So I guess if I'm going in this right now and I, and I, you know, and I, I had to take someone, I'm taking Tennessee in the points, and I might even take them on the money line. Good stuff. All right, uh, you want to stay with us for another segment? Would love to. All right, good deal. Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider on three. More to come. And, again, the big story today, Brian Harson, head coach of the Arbor Tigers, well, former head coach now of the Arbor Tigers, fired today. And uh, new AD as well, Cohen, coming in from Mississippi State, a Tuscaloosa native and uh, former uh, Mississippi State player as well as Birmingham Southern player. Uh, we'll talk more about all that and uh, some other storylines heading in to the weekend again. Bama LSU coming up this weekend, a big matchup. As Coach David said, that rivalry that's been there since he got there once the head coach and national championship coach for LSU Tigers and now 15 seasons at Alabama. All right, stay with us. We'll be back live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Finding the right Medicare plan? Oof, no easy feat. Kind of like those dances my granddaughter loves making me do. <laughs> but then I found Walgreens. Nights low 52. For tomorrow and Wednesday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine both days. Highs between 73 and 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. As we continue with Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider and on three. Mick, what are you going to dress up like tonight? Well, I was uh, already this past week, uh, this weekend, I was uh, future Morgan Wallen from the SNL skit. Uh, when he was in Tuscaloosa and he got in trouble for not wearing the mask and he yeah. was, you know, kissing everybody. So I went Friday night. Not one person knew who the heck I was. So you got to uh, kiss everybody. tonight was. No, no, just, just definitely. <laughs> but, um, but tonight I'm going as a, a scary uh, scarecrow, and then a J- Jake's a scary pumpkin guy. So uh, at least people know I'm in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jay, what are you going out what about as you tonight? Guys? No, I'm, I'm not going out tonight. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill and stay in tonight, no doubt about it. 
so the weekend, a few things there, but um, yeah, it's it's. I'll, I'll be in indoors. I, I tell people all the time, and I, I'll keep saying it to those who are in Birmingham: if you want to experience Halloween like you never have before, go to Crestline. And uh, I've been in all these different areas all over Birmingham my entire life, and lived in different areas as well. Uh, there's nothing like it. It's, it's the most unbelievable. The parades, the people, is crazy. What will be happening there tonight? Bands set up all over the neighborhood. I mean, good bands. And Mick, are you uh, hitting the party scene tonight, or what? Uh, what, what I think what he's taking playing? his child, so maybe he's not doing well, look, orange I, jello shots. Well, I mean, we're going to uh, Crestline. Apparently, I'm, I'm actually going to leave now. Yeah. If I leave now, I could be there three hours. <laughs> you need to take your word for in it. Crestline. They, I, I would love to. They give you full boxes of candy bars. Yeah, gold bars. They don't just give That's you one of those little I things. Need. They give you the box. Yeah. <laughs> he said they give gold, gold and silver bars. <laughs> Oh yeah, That's they may do that too. It is Mountain Brew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lars, are you going? You doing anything tonight? Uh, no, I'm going to be going hanging out with my kids, and uh, they are dressing up as a. Um, let's see, Lincoln is a zombie uh, football player. Autumn <laughs> is a princess, and Farah is a zombie soccer player. Okay. Being a little creative, getting the zombie outfit going. And uh, I know their mom is getting them from school here actually pretty soon because it's a, it's a big, like, three-hour production to get everything on and ready and, and then head out around 4 o'clock. It is the school night. Yeah, it is. Um, nah, let them let them off. I'm not dressing up. I'll go see my grandchildren, what they're doing. But I will say this. My daughter and her husband pulled off one of the best – duo costumes i've seen she was beth and he was rip from yellowstone and oh, they good. were she had everything to the scars on her face uh rip was carrying one of those banquets in a bottle um they did they did a great job and i thought about it but i, said, nah, I don't like coors so okay uh back back to football with mick gillespie uh mick what about now that auburn has done all this business on a Monday morning. Now they got to turn around and go to Starkville. Um, I guess that won't be hanging around. They'll just play it on the field, but it does bring some significance. And now their AD, that was the AD this past weekend, their Saturday game, and they turn around and now he is the AD of the team that's coming into Starkville. I just think that's an odd turn of events. Yeah, like Auburn took uh, Brian Harson to the train station, right? Um, <laughs> Yellowstone fans, look, I, exactly. I I'm looking at that game, and uh, Auburn has. I mean, Mississippi State's going to win. You know, I mean, like I, I just, I, I don't. There's not a lot that that Auburn's doing right now that you feel comfortable in saying, hey, you know, uh, they're going to be able to run the ball or they're going to be able to stop the run. Their defense has been bad. Their offense is bad. You know, now they have a, a, a coach. We don't even know who that is. At least I don't know. Uh, who that's going to be, John? I think John Cohen's a good hire uh, by by Auburn. Um, you, you know, he's won a national championship at Mississippi State in baseball as the AD. You know, kind of set the program up as a coach. Uh, I've done games on the SEC Network when he was coaching. Talked to him before. I know his mentality. He's uh, you know he's not afra- afraid to be aggressive. He thinks outside of the box. He's been a winner everywhere he's gone. 
and he knows this challenge to have to try to compete with Alabama's big. But I'm I'm curious to see who they end up hiring. You know, I mean, is it going to be Dion? You know, I to me, to, you know, going going back and looking at this game on Saturday, I mean, geez, I I just wonder how bad it's going to be for Auburn. You know, maybe they show up and play a little defense, but um, you know, to me, I just think Will Rogers will have his way, and you know. I don't know if the team quit or not, but it sure did feel like they did uh, Saturday. It's, it's the effort wasn't there, so who knows? Mick, always great stuff, my man. Thanks for being with us here on this Monday edition. Tell everybody how they can find you throughout the week. Yeah, guys, uh, check out the Bama Insider YouTube channel, 7 o'clock tonight. We'll be on there ripping it up with Monday Night Quarterback. I'll be with Andrew Bone tomorrow on the channel at 8, talking Alabama recruiting. Friday, if you're down south, swing by the Floribama. The tailgate show will record from 6 to 8 at the Floribama. It'll air on radio across the state on Saturday morning, and then I'll be back on Saturday night to uh, break down the uh, Alabama game on the YouTube channel. Roll Tide, guys. Thank you. All right, Mick. Roll Tide. Thank you. Again, Mick Gillespie, Bama Insider on three, joining us as he does each and every Monday, breaking down Alabama LSU. We'll probably talk to him later in the week as well. Uh, getting ready for that game. All right, stay with us as we go to break here. Hour number two coming up next. More to come, more matchups, and Tennessee moving up in the polls. Auburn out with their head coach and also a new AD. A lot of storylines hitting on this Monday edition. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down at Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. A great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner. And you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. The big story today is Brian Harson firing comes less than 48 hours after the Tigers lost to Arkansas at home by two touchdowns. The team now drops to three and five and uh, was in danger of missing out on a bowl game for the first time since 2012, which still may be the case. Harson's tenure at Auburn ends with a nine and 12 record. A uh, quote from the president, uh, Christopher Roberts, uh, said that Auburn University has decided to make a change in leadership of the Auburn University football program. Uh, made a decision after a thorough review evaluation of all aspects of the football program. Auburn will begin an immediate search for a coach that will return the Auburn program to a place where it is consistently competing at the highest levels and representing the winning tradition that is Auburn football. So per his contract, Harson again owed $15.5 million in buyout money with 50%, $7.75 million due within 30 days. In the remaining 50%, $7.75 in four installments over time. So uh, that's what Harson's got to look forward to financially. But Auburn now looking for a new coach. Uh, also coming in, Cohen from uh, Mississippi State, uh, John Cohen. He is the new AD or be announced as new AD here soon as well for Auburn. So they fire him and bring in a new AD. So kind of the way things are done uh, so that he didn't have to be the one to fire the uh, the coach that is leaving and uh, really been struggling uh, this year with Coach Harson. We are presented by Top Golf for Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll love it. Downtown Birmingham. Uptown, it is awesome for going by their protective uh, stadium. If you're there for UAB games or any events, go tailgate there before or after. Go have fun with your family and friends, coworkers. We caught the bowling of this generation. You'll love it. Top Golf for Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, Alabama LSU coming up this weekend. But, uh, guys, the big story today, Lars especially, Coach Harson in state and uh, – his removal being fired. Where does Auburn go next? Who's their next choice? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, before we get to that, I just wanted to give a really quick overview of Harson's tenure uh, on the Plains. All right, so he goes nine and twelve, and again, that's the fewest wins by an Auburn coach since uh, Earl Brown went three twenty two and four uh, back in nineteen forty eight to fifty. And uh, before Harson, five consecutive coaches and six of the previous seven either led Auburn to an undefeated season or won a national or conference championship, which underscored the kind of success, the sustained success of the program going back 70 years. Uh, only coach that didn't do that during that time was uh, Doug Barfield. I think we've talked a little bit about the Barfield era. But I think what, what will the Harson era be remembered for? Um, you know, he came here with such high hopes. He uh, had been at Boise State, which was his alma mater for seven years, led the Broncos to a 69-19 and record. And, Matt, I got to say, at the time, 
I thought it was a really good hire. It was outside the box. It was the most un-Auburn hire uh, I could have imagined. He wasn't on anybody's radar. But then, okay, in his first season, he does start out 6-2. and two. Things are going, appear to be going pretty hey, well. Let me interrupt you. Guess what game came along? The, the beginning of the end was the Mississippi State game. Guess where they're going this week? When they blew that three-touchdown lead? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, so they, they're they 6-2. and two. They, they go there, and then Auburn held a double-digit lead in uh, three of their last five games and a fourth-quarter lead in four of their last five games of the 2021 season. Lost them all. Um, and then the offseason... You know, uh, it, it turns out that the university uh, was doing a, uh, a week-long investigation regarding how Harson was treating his players and staff. Then already just into his first four games into his first season, he fires the receivers coach. You guys remember that one? Yeah, um, an Alabama guy. Yeah, Cornelius Williams. Uh, then after a four-overtime Iron Bowl loss, he fires Mike Bobo, his offensive coordinator, and eventually he hires Austin Davis, who was a 32-year-old ex-NFL journeyman quarterback with zero college coaching experience. And then Davis resigns after 43 days. Uh, and uh, apparently Davis was hardly ever on campus. So quite the uh, extraordinary effort that uh, Davis gave to his job as the offensive coordinator at Auburn. And, you know, and meanwhile, Derek Mason, defensive coordinator, he leaves for a pay cut at Oklahoma State. You know, uh, that uh, may have been the one yeah. thing. <laughs> so at this point, at this point, we're like, uh-oh, there's some problems going on. And then defensive line coach Nick Eason leaves for Clemson. Uh, special teams coach Burt Watts bolts to the NFL. And um, and then uh, just two days after Harson failed to get a big time commitment on uh, February National Signing Day, actually he didn't land a single commitment on National Signing Day. Uh, the former AU president announced that the school was looking into allegations made against Harson, and that it was Harson's behavior that uh, led to all the staff turnover and the, all the player defections. Okay, so that was sort of everything, uh, and uh, it's it's just everything went bad from that Mississippi State game, yep. and once things started going bad on the field, suddenly people start looking at your behavior off the field, how you're treating your coaches, how you're treating players, how you're treating media, and um, it just... Again, I think this goes back, and this is just my interpretation, not based on any reporting, but it goes back to Harson's just inability to connect. His poor people skills, ultimately, I believe, is what was his undoing. Just to throw a little information concerning money, when Harson was hired from Boise State, he was making a little bit less than $2 million a year. There were four coordinators in the SEC making more than he had made at Boise. He comes in, he makes $5 million. After a season and a half, he walks out with almost $16 million. Eight times what he had made at Boise State. Just $16 the, the, million to fail. 
And you know what I would do if I were him, based on the entire scenario? I would grab my family, and I'd go back to that place in Mexico, <laughs> and I would pay somebody ample money to move my stuff out of Auburn. I would never set foot in that city, in the city limits, uh, again uh, in my you, life. If, I mean, I assume his kids are in school, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, so they they got to finish out the semester. Uh, hire a tutor. Get out of there. Yeah, exactly. And he can afford and it. And you know what? That's what Auburn wants, too, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jay, I mean, w- w- if you're Brian Harson, yeah, you, you got to move out of Auburn ASAP, right? Like, it would be tough just to go to the grocery store. And I, I did once a, a, a long story on uh, Gene Chizik, and he just, you know, he – he stayed in Auburn yep. after getting fired, and it was very, very difficult, not just for him, but for his kids. His kids were uh, not harassed, but, you know, made fun of at school, and there was nothing more just heartbreaking to Gene than, than that happening. But, yeah, this is a toxic environment for, I think, the probably the, the whole family would be my guess. And, Jay, I would, I would get them out of Dodge as quick as possible. Yeah, I agree with Matt. That's my first thoughts were today. I bet he's getting on that private plane headed to Mexico back, back where he was during the yep. off time to kind of break away. That's exactly where I'd be heading, Matt. No doubt, with family, just surround myself with the people that care about me. And and uh, you know, look, it, it's it's tough because it's, it's hard on the ego of the pride. But uh, about sixteen million dollars coming your way, I think that's makes it a lot easier to swallow. As uh, we saw from Coach O. Orgeron, who said back. In an interview right after he got fired, he said, I, think I, can, I can afford some cheeseburgers now. I got $17 million check from uh, LSU. So it's amazing the money these guys are getting paid. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, more on this and uh, get ready for Alabama LSU this Saturday and more SEC matchups as well. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Girl Scouts do more than sell cookies. They're exposed to so many opportunities in science or outdoors, animal medicine, robotics. Tonight's low 52. For tomorrow and Wednesday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine both days. Highs between 73 and 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back to the Jay Parker Show, Jay Parker Radio Network, coming to you live from ABX, wonderful studios here, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Jay Barker. Huge story broke Friday afternoon, not shortly after we left the studio, and that was a longtime coach, uh, longtime Southern gentleman, I could just go on and on and on describing Vince Dooley, had passed away at the age of 90. He uh, had been diagnosed and went to the hospital with COVID a couple of uh, weeks ago, got out, but uh, he was in poor health, and he passed away as one of the most noted men in all of college football, one of the most noted men I've ever been around. He was a historian that you just could not believe. And he also, his backyard, Lars, but I've never seen it. I've just heard about it. His backyard would take you about an hour to go through if you toured it with him so wow. he could point out every single plant. Oh, yeah. Oh, he 
and um he man. really had a intense love of uh plants yes, and growing plants and uh it just shows you the the depth of the individual it does and he was born in mobile he played quarterback at auburn was an assistant at auburn and as a true assistant was hired by georgia as the head coach I mean, he made – there was no coordinator. I'm really, to be honest with you, did they have offensive and defensive coordinators back then? I guess they probably did. Um, But – and then Georgia – that was it. It was all Georgia or nothing. Yep. There, I think at one time there might have been an overture to try and get him back to Auburn, and that just was not going to happen. But I just remember him and the few times I was around him – uh, of just being a class southern, and he had that perfect southern gentleman draw. Yeah, um, and he was just—he was a wonderful man, off mic, on mic, on the field, off the field, and um, in my he's he's Georgia football, absolutely. And I think it's just wonderful that Georgia won a national championship. He won one in eighty. Forty-one years later, they won one. Very fortunate before he passed away. Yeah, I was able to spend some time with uh, Vince Dooley at various uh, functions, and one of the last ones was at Mike Slive's retirement over in Atlanta. And, um, yeah, I mean, just a a gentleman. He was a great storyteller, just very warm, inviting. And you have to say that uh, as of right now, he's the greatest coach in Georgia Bulldog history. Uh, certainly he's the, the winningest coach. Uh, he was the head coach from 64 to 88, uh, 201 victories, six SEC titles, and, of course, that 1980 national championship with uh, Herschel Walker. And then also uh, it was the athletic director, as you said, Matt, from 79 to 2004. So imagine that. I mean, he, he held the AD job and the head coaching football job for a long time. So that, this is a man that wielded substantial power at uh, Georgia in the Georgia Athletic Department. And he also was a, a, a big part of uh, being a supporter of women's athletics and was inter- instrumental in bringing the games, uh, the uh, Olympic Games, to Atlanta in, in 96. And we could just go on and on, Jay, about his accomplishments. But, uh, again, from what I'll remember just personally, I didn't have a ton of interaction with him, but just the uh, the warmth and the kindness and, and, and the time that he always gave me. And uh, you couldn't find a single person to say anything negative about Vince Dooley, Jay. Yeah, and, and Braxton's really enjoyed working with Derek Dooley, who's the analyst in Alabama now. So, uh, you know, it, the uh, I guess, you know, doesn't fall too far from the tree as far as the type of people and uh, just the way that they are has, has really been impressed uh, with Derek Dooley. Uh, being there in Tuscaloosa with him. But uh, uh, Coach Dooley, I think, Matt, one of the things that was so odd, you know, when, when I was uh, growing up and coming through and looking at different schools and all that type of stuff and, and you know, being an Alabama fan and watching uh, the former Georgia coach coaching Auburn, the former player, the former Auburn player coaching Georgia, and that being such a huge rival, that was always such a huge storyline that those two guys ended up on the opposite side of the football field from where they played. And then, you know, being arch rivals like that was always a cool story. And I'm sure you covered that many times. I did. And it was brought up every year and every year we would, we would go back over it again and, and love every minute of it because it was quite odd. 
And I, I think there was some flirtation between the two of perhaps returning to their alma maters, but it never happened. And, boy, I'm glad it didn't because it just made for a great story. And another great story is as uh, wonderful and a great character and colorful man and a gentleman that he was, um, Barbara, his wife, was a totally different story. I mean, you're talking about somebody. She had her own radio show. She had her own sponsors. Hmm. Uh, she was very outspoken, funny, just a funny, funny lady from Birmingham, Alabama. And she would come over and sit in on our shows. Um, but you know what ended what, the demise is that when she was still doing her radio show and Derek was a coach at Tennessee and she defended him and people attacked him and she finally said, no, no, actually, Jay, correct me here. I think Derek Dooley said, Mom, you got to stop it. I think that's the that's the way it went. That's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a vague memory of that, too. But yeah. I just, I'll never forget her telling us a story one time on radio. She's on with us, and we were interviewing her, and um, she said that an events was in there watching and getting ready for the football game and going over tape and different things. And She goes, finally, I just walked in there with no clothes on, looked at him and said, play me or trade me. Oh, my God. What a story. <laughs> that was in her book. That was in her yep. book, yeah. And what did Vince say? Got a follow-up. <laughs> yeah, he got to play that. <laughs> she's a beautiful a, woman that's a no-brainer yeah no-brainer and it's also jay finally it, it's pretty interesting that um that the saban family and the dooley family are so close because they both have uh places on lake burton and they've gone to dinner over the years and and after uh vince passed away uh coach saban put out what i thought was one of the most heartfelt statements I've ever seen him put out when he said, you know, Vince Dooley was one of my favorite people in the world and a, and a wonderful friend to the entire Saban family and uh, went on to talk about the impact he's had on young men over a lifetime as a coach. And, and that is certainly true. I mean, hey, he made it to 90. He died in his home surrounded by loved ones and um, uh, just a life well lived. And if, if we all could be so fortunate. Yeah, it just meant so much to the university. And, you know, 1980, they win the national championship. What, 82, Matt, is when Herschel wins the uh, Heisman Trophy, I think it was. Uh, I actually saw some quotes from him earlier. He should have won it in 80. What's that? He should have won the Heisman in 80. Oh, he should have, yeah. That wasn't about to happen then. He was a freshman then, was he not? Uh, when uh, yep. everybody thought that, you know, maybe he'd, he'd win it. Um, yeah, so I just saw recently, or, or recently, just a little while ago, re- reading about. Um, some of his campaign stuff, they had cut a commercial together. They'd been running it, and he was going to pull it from the TVs and from the radio air and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Barbara Dooley came in and told him, said, no, don't do that. Vince would want to uh, be out there supporting you, uh, even in his death, that he can still do that through the video, you know, the commercials and radio stuff. But Herschel was going to pull it off the air, and uh, she asked him not to. So, that, you know, I felt like this would honor Coach Dooley and that he would be a part of something like this for Herschel during his campaign. So I thought it was pretty cool. Would you say, Matt, that uh, Vince Dooley is the the Bear Bryant of Georgia football? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And as it's working out, Kirby may end up being the Saban. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. The way it's looking right now. But um, just a wonderful gentleman. And uh, just like it's it's like just the memory of him, it just calls back a different era, doesn't it? Of sports. Yeah. And uh, and and you're right. the The term "gentleman" 
applies to him. And I think also it, it was like on the field, like his his kids, generally speaking, like played like gentlemen and he treated other teams with respect. And, you know, I know there's isolated, isolated incidences here and there, but uh, yeah, again, um, you know, he made it to 90 years old and uh, it was just at a, a Georgia game. I think two, three weeks ago, I, be, I believe I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, just a, a, a wonderful man. And, uh, certainly Georgia fans and I think all college football fans are, are going to uh, miss him. And, um, yeah, it's a uh, it, 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 sad, sad moment. It is a sad moment. And then uh, in addition to the note I made a minute ago about them winning a national championship uh, just a few months before, um, I guess almost a year uh, before his passing, but um, just uh, also thought it was kind of apropos that uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party uh florida made a nice comeback in the third quarter but then georgia polished him off so georgia and i'm sure that was discussed among players and yeah coaches. and you know jay does this give sort of more meaning now to georgia's season that the iconic figure that is lorded over the program for huh, 60 70 years it has now passed away um, I, I think more importantly that they were able to win it again before he passed away. You know, last year I think probably it was is the important year and him turning 90 years old and, you know, just all that. I mean, we saw the celebration of his birthday on the field when they did the cake and all that. Um, you know, that, to me, I think that, that I mean, it, it could give them some significance, but most, most of these players know of Vince Dooley, but, you know, they, they don't, they didn't grow up wanting to play for him and, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's probably not going to be like a motivating factor for them, but it'd still be special if they could win it back to back again for the Georgia program. Um, you know, and say, "Hey, this was in honor of Coach Dooley or whatever." I, I don't know if it's going to be much of a motivating factor. Do you, Matt? Um, I think you hit it on the head when you talked about the players. I mean, it, that's two gener- two three generations ago. Um, but I think Kirby remembers it. But at least, uh, but you know, he's been around the program. Yeah. He's been around the kids, and so they'll his absence will be. You know, noted oh, and felt. It would be felt all across Georgia and then some. You know, yeah. he, he actually dabbled in politics for a while and then decided he would get out of it. But, um, Smart man. He was going to uh, <laughs> run for a Senate seat in Georgia. But uh, decided maybe he's not going to do that. So he said, I'll just wait on Herschel. <laughs> all right, ah. let's take a quick break. Oh, my let's goodness. Do we break. really want we'll – hey, let's in. go down that – Jay, let's, no, no, let's talk Alabama basketball. <laughs> hey, Jay, let's go down back. that road. Yeah, Herschel huh? Walker for a senator. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Huge news good. with Harson and a new AD at Auburn, though. Exactly. And also get a baseball update from Matt because uh, he'll keep us up to date with what's happening in the World Series. All right, stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. 
preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. It's Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O.
The XFL has unveiled its eight new official team identities. Arlington Renegades, the D.C. Defenders, Houston Roughnecks, the Orlando Guardians, San Antonio Brahmas, is that right? <laughs> Seattle Sea Dragons, uh, also the St. Louis Battlehawks, and uh, Vegas Vipers. That is the uh, XFL now co-owned by the uh, The Rock returns February 2023. The league has a multi-year agreement with Disney and ESPN who will carry the league's broadcast rights from 2023 to 2027. Each season's 43 games will air across ABC, ESPN, and FX. So uh, there you go. Some XFL news and notes for you coming back in 2023. Wow, what cool nicknames. Brahmas. Why didn't Birmingham get a team? Uh, I don't know. Are there duplicates here from the uh, USFL and the XFL? Maybe they're trying to Maybe divide not. them up a little bit. Oh, I think there are a few. But anyway, um, it's 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 started and stopped, what, twice now? Yeah. Three times? Will it make it this time based on these great nicknames? Uh, it's going to be tough. Um it just it's just never worked. I mean, okay, just one quick question on this, Jay. Big picture question: Can spring professional football work in the United States? That cause, because that is the question that has befuddled a lot of really smart, really rich people for a long time. I think it can. It's got to be in the right areas if you're looking at it from an attendance standpoint, and that's what was hurting uh, back when when the uh, XFL first came back. Or when it, when it came out the first time back in '01, in that spring, is that you know yeah you had TV contracts, but nothing like the TV contracts you can get now. The money that's this there because the amount of people that can view it uh, on the different stations and networks are looking for live programming. So it's different now from when it first began. The last time it happened, I mean COVID really got it right. I mean COVID it was just that that year. Yeah. Uh, COVID yeah. kind of took yeah. it out, took out other other spring sports and everything else. So you know you really can't blame that on them. And then you know the Rock is behind this. Uh, the guy's got an unbelievable social media following as well as his West, uh, wrestling career. I hope that he stays away from that side of it and, and focuses more on the football. But the USFL, I think, showed that people will support it. I mean, they had the really good crowds. Uh, when they didn't, they still had the TV contracts, still had the TV games that they were playing and, and had a chance to go out there and, and for Birmingham to win at the Stallions. And uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. So I, I think it's, it's more sustainable now because TV is looking for live content especially that time of year and there are a lot of football fans nationwide and around the world that love watching football so i think that's probably going to help uh, keep these leagues uh in a better position than they were before yeah and it'll be interesting to see if uh this can work with the, the fact that they're not doing it in a bubble the way right. the usfl did at all to to uh minimize expenses and man you, you look at the list of head coaches and it's really it, it, it's impressive uh the Arlington, Texas Renegades, Bob Stoops, D.C. Defenders, and I've already decided that's my team, D.C. Defenders. I just think that the Defenders is a cool name, and I, I wanted, I thought the the Washington, now Commanders, should have taken Defenders, but anyway, uh, they're coached by Reggie Barley, or, or excuse me, Reggie Barlow, uh, Houston Roughnecks, Wade Phillips, Orlando Guardians, Terrell Buckley. Never thought he'd be a head coach. Me either. Santonio Brahmas, uh, coach the Brahma by, Bull. What is what is the Brahma? Brahma Bull. It's a bull that has a kind of awkward looking, huge, uh, almost camel like growth. Something that you don't want to be in front of. No. 
Okay. Uh, San Antonio Brahmas, coached by Heinz Ward. Seattle Sea Dragons, Jim Haslett. Uh, St. Louis Blackhawks, Anthony Becht, longtime tight end in the NFL. And then the Vegas Vipers, Matt, coached by Rod Woodson. Really? Those are name coaches. Yeah. You know, the USFL had some pretty big names, too. They had a couple that I don't think a lot of people had heard of before. But, um, I haven't heard a lot of movement on that either. Uh, whether or not they're going to play in a bubble now. And Jay, have I, you heard anything? On, I think they're, they're going to come back to Birmingham. Oh, I think they're USFL? coming back to Birmingham for year yeah. two. I think they are. Okay. That's, that was the and last do, thing that I play in the heard. same fashion? Okay. That's my understanding. Yep. I mean, and now, look... TV is going to play a huge role in this, right? So XFL, they first de- debuted in 2001, just lasted one season. And then the COVID pandemic, as you said, Jay, that shuttered the 2020 season just after a few weeks. But here we are in 2023, and the season is going to kick off on February 18th. And then uh, the games are going to be uh, in, in high-profile places, ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, and FX. And, uh, you know, if you have the backing of ESPN, that gives you a real chance. And so I think this is uh, the best sort of the best positioned the league has been in, Matt, to get some sustainability, at least for a few years. Well, you, you have to wonder. Um, I mean, I wonder all the, the money and are. popularity and yeah. all that kind of stuff and the good coaches and, you know, they're, they're in major cities. That, that's all good, good. But, you know, it, we're struggling whether or not you can have one spring league. Uh, now, two? I mean, football is very, very popular, but are you channel surfing between the USFL and the XFL? And Probably not. Are you going to Top Golf instead? <laughs> uh, I'm happy for Reggie Barlow, though. I mean, the, what the, what, what yeah. a great story for him. Go he ahead, said Jay. he's the coach at, in Washington. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, former uh, what he went to uh, Matt was it uh, Sydney uh, uh, yeah Sydney Lanier High School and uh, also um, you know played what college ball at Alabama State he coached there as well and um, had a really good yeah. career I mean he was a quarterback coach there and head coach at Alabama State Virginia State I think the other that he was at most recently and uh, now part of the dc defenders as head coach and general manager so out of montgomery alabama and i've known reggie for a long time congratulations to him and being able to accomplish that yeah i mean uh matt and i were talking during the break it seems that every prominent figure sometimes has a connection to the state of alabama and often more specifically even to birmingham uh and it just shows you that this state is it just football it, junkies. yeah football junkies and, and 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 it's not just players but it's 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 coaches it's people like Vince Dooley and and uh, yeah it just seems like all roads lead to Alabama when it comes to college football. It just reminded me of one other Vince Dooley thing, and I I remember he we were doing an interview with him and he he told us about this. You know he's from Mobile. But very early in his career, you know, he was a uh, he was a head coach at the age of thirty one, which t- tells you something about the man too. But he loved a little place down in South Alabama near Mobile that nobody really had discovered until he started going down there, Gulf Shores. Hmm. 
Look at it now. Yeah. Yeah. He said back then, you know, there were only just a few of those, you know, the little houses, you know, mm-hmm. that are on stilts. Uh, that was about all there was. There was no um, Phoenix 49. <laughs> well... Okay, I could derail the conversation. <laughs> I'm just not a beach guy. I'm not a beach guy. I know Jay is. Uh, I'm just love the beach. I don't yeah. like the beach. Yeah, yeah. You ever ask Lars if he likes fish? He goes. He goes. I'm from Nebraska. Well, yeah. Jay was around when I had catfish for the first time. And yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right, so let's uh, wrap up hour number Didn't two. Coming up like on Jay. the other side. Again, Alabama LSU coming up this weekend. Big, big matchup for the Crimson Tide and uh, wanted to continue uh, moving towards getting into the SEC title game. This is the one LSU game. Then they got Ole Miss on the road as well. Austin P. then back home to face the Aubrey Tigers, who the big story today is without a head coach now. Brian Harson fired earlier today, as I know a lot of you have heard, but we'll keep you up to date on all the news stories. Who will they go after? Who will be the next head coach for the Aubrey Tigers? John Cohen is now the uh, new AD from Mississippi State. Looks like they will be hiring him as their uh, athletic director. Stay with us. We'll wrap up hour number two. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, are you sick and tired of living with that constant pain in your knees and back? You know, joint pain doesn't just keep you from doing what you love. It affects your job, your relationships, even simple things like Tonight's low 52. For tomorrow and Wednesday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine both days. Highs between 73 and 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. And again, the big story today, Brian Harson is fired as the Auburn head coach. Where does that leave them? Who will they go after now as far as taking over the helm of the Auburn Tigers? Also, some other college football news coming out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jim Harbaugh expects the four suspended Michigan State football players involved in roughing up two members of Michigan's team to be punished further, saying he can't imagine that this will not result in criminal charges. Harbaugh said defensive back. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Green uh, was punched by Spartan in the Michigan Stadium Tunnel shortly after fourth-ranked uh, Wolverines beat their in-state rival on Saturday night. And teammate Jaden McBurrows uh, uh, was attacked when he tried to help. McBurrows uh, is seen on a video shared on social media being pushed, punched, and kicked by multiple Michigan State players who pulled him out of the tunnel into a hallway that doesn't lead to either locker room. So Harbaugh said both players have injuries, adding that he did not know whether Green a starting cornerback for a third straight season would be cleared to play Saturday night at Rutgers. He said, quote, right now we have an ongoing police investigation. Harbaugh said what happened in the tunnel was egregious, sickening to watch the videos, the ones that are on social media right now. Harbaugh added that ABC camera placed in a higher elevation shows much more of what took place during the incident. Uh, there needs to be accountability, he said. There needs to be a full, thorough, timely investigation. I can't imagine this will not result in criminal charges. The videos are bad. It's clear what transpired. This is very open and shut. As they say, watch the tape. I'm coming from this from a perspective of being a parent. These young men are entrusted to me. 
by their families into our program. We had the responsibility to each player to treat them like our own, and I take that responsibility very seriously. An apology will not get the job done. In this instance, there should be serious consequences for many individuals that are culpable. So uh, Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker announced Sunday night the linebacker Tank Brown, safety Angelo Gross, defensive end Zion Young, and cornerback Query Crump were suspended indefinitely or suspended immediately, excuse me. Brown, Gross, and Young are seen on video getting physical with McBurrows. But, guys, I'm sure you saw the tape of this uh, after the game and stuff and everything that was going on. But uh, your initial thoughts, do you think there should be criminal charges brought down? I don't know about criminal charges. That seems to be trolled out there every time you have an incident like this. But um, what I saw is one video. It looked like Michigan State pulled one Michigan guy out of the herd. And was like going ten on one, which good grief. And another thing, and I said this that we had an incident like this earlier. It was not nearly to the extent of this one. Um, why in the world do they have to go in the same tunnel at the same time? Yeah. I mean, that just seems like a logistics thing. Let one go first, the second one go, the home team here, whatever you do. But putting two teams in the same tunnel when your emotions are running sky high just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, the players should have much better control on both sides, although it looked in this particular case that the Spartans were definitely the aggressor. But, you know, they should, you know, have better discipline than that. But it seems like the powers that be just wouldn't let it happen to begin with. Yeah, and there was another video that surfaced on Sunday, which is pretty disturbing, that showed a Michigan State player swinging a helmet at uh, Michigan defensive back Jermon Green in the tunnel. Um, And the Spartans player is not identifiable in the video, but I'm sure he will be. And um, look, Michigan State is a very frustrated team right now. Nothing has gone right for the entire program ever since they gave Mel Tucker that outrageous contract for $90 million or whatever it is. It's somewhere in that area. And uh, it's just been uh, – Michigan State has been a flop. Michigan is playing very well. And um, I think it's just frustration on the on the part of uh, the Spartan players and uh, – I mean, these are kids that it, 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 this, there is a sort of Auburn, Alabama element to this rivalry mm. because they're in the same state. And uh, a lot of the kids on both rosters are from the state of Michigan. So they've known each other. They played against each other going back, you know, in some cases all the way to like sixth, seventh grade. Uh, I'm not saying that's the case here, but that is uh, the and. That is one reason why this is such an intense rivalry. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it certainly appears that now that the police are involved, that uh, there there could be some criminal charges coming, Jay. That would be my guess. Yeah, we'll have to sit back and see. So, and I'll ask you, start with you, Matt, as far as, I mean, who do you think's the next, uh, next guy at Auburn? I mean, who, who's their guy they're going well, after? I mean, everybody... Talks a little bit about Dion, but I just I don't know if he's. I think he wants to make the move. I just don't know if that's the right spot for a guy like Dion. I think he'd probably rather wait for an FSU. But who do you, what, what are you thinking? Well, I'm not thinking Dion. I, I just think that uh, you're really you're going way outside the box again, where you need to hire somebody that's very very familiar with the the terms and conditions, if you will, of the Southeastern Conference. And don't read that. And I don't believe in Dion Sanders as a coach, but 
I'll go back to the quote that was delivered right here in this room a couple of weeks ago when I asked Antonio Langham if that could happen, and he said, no, prime can't be prime at Auburn. So here are a couple others. John Talty just issued an article a few minutes ago, and I'll give him, and I don't think any of these are going to surprise you all very much at all. Lane Kiffin, but I don't think he's going to leave. Why would you leave Ole Miss for that mess? Um, Hugh Freeze, do, do the three of us agree that that might be the exact way you need to go? Although yeah. he just signed a new contract. Yeah, but the buyout isn't that substantial at Liberty. And, so and we all know Auburn has all the money they need. Hugh Freeze is open for business if uh, they want to go that route. Jay, is that the best hire? Um, look, I, I think he deserves a second, third chances or whatever, yes. Um, I, I, they went through the process with him in the first go-around. And they did not hire him. Uh, he was willing, willing to come, and they didn't get him. Instead, they picked Harson. Uh, I don't know if this would be different with this group or whatever. I just, I, I don't know. The things that I've heard that are off the field stuff. I'm not sure if Auburn wants to deal with it, um, but maybe they do. They, they did it with, um, with with their basketball program. So maybe that's maybe they're they're willing to kind of look past some things and feel like they can get the best coach in Hugh Freeze, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Lane would leave Ole Miss. I mean, what a great spot he's in there. I mean, pretty much can uh, recruit Mississippi and, you know, the, the Louisiana area to Texas as well as in Alabama. Uh, that would be pretty tough to go up against. But the, but I would say this, uh, he, he probably would have more resources and opportunities in Auburn as far as recruits and knowing that you're going head-to-head as the, the arch rival of Nick Saban. The storylines would be just unbelievable if he was able if, – if he took that job. be crazy. Some other names I'm hearing: Ed Orgeron, uh, Sam Pittman, so. Derek, Derek, Derek Mason. Although after uh, being the, no. the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, just giving up 48 points to uh, Kansas State on Saturday, Wait, that was didn't help his uh, didn't help his resume. Uh, Mike Bobo, yeah, uh, he was just fired. Matt uh, Rule. Mm, he doesn't seem like an Auburn guy. Eli Drinkowitz? Uh, is his resume strong enough? I mean, I know Missouri did kind of He's got Auburn, jump on South Carolina. He was Carolina. on staff at Auburn in 2010 and 2011. Um, I don't know. I guess he's plausible. I, I, I still think that, that they should go after Hugh Freeze. Um, Kevin Steele coming back. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't bank on that one. All right, well, good stuff, and uh, we'll continue to watch time, and see so what happens. Perhaps, Again, Arson yeah. out, and uh, a new AD as well for Auburn. So a lot of changes happening down on the plains. We'll continue to follow right, throughout the cheers. week as we get ready for also Alabama LSU after a bye week, some rest, some recovery. Thanks to all of our guys down at Tide 100.9 FM, producing Josh Smith, our producer of all things, and thank you for you listening in each and every day. Join us tomorrow for the Tuesday edition live from AVX. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance.